Hello, I'm Isabel, she, her, hers. And I'm David, he, him, his. And we're two therapists with ADHD who sit down to have some chats about ADHD. We can't promise we'll stay on topic or be professional or even remotely mature, but we can promise that you'll end up looking at you or your loved one's beautiful neurodivergent brain in a shiny new way. This is not a therapy session. This is something shiny. I love it. Do you like Uh, it? That's amazing. And can this just be the intro? You saying that and me freaking out about how amazing it is? Yeah. And you dropping your voice? That could be our first intro. (laughs) So without further ado, welcome to Something Shiny. I'm David. (laughs) All right. So we are... We are ready to talk about medication. <laughs> I don't know why I decided to make that like a dance party, but drugs. Yeah, no. Drugs. <laughs> no. But okay, so we'll just start. I have our, you know, like basic disclaimer in case it's not already really obvious. Uh, you, David, and me, Isabel, we are both trained professionals in that we are therapists like we work with clients and so we have had a ton of work with folks who have been on meds not on meds getting off meds starting up meds trying new meds hating their meds loving their meds pick a thing we have tons of experience with this and we are not medical professionals which means we are not prescribers right like we cannot prescribe medication ourselves at all you're you're not a doctor. No, uh, I'm not a doctor. No, we, we are have, not. We don't doctors. have MDs at all. No, uh, no, no, no. We we both have hobbies in neurobiology and, psycho- <laughs> and psychology and like yes. sociology, mm-hmm. but we're not doctors. No, and and I think that there's something. I, can I just like go off on that for one second? Go for it. There are very few doctors in the world, right? There's just not a lot of doctors, and in <laughs> for true, everything pertaining yeah. to everything with medical anything right like you're you're going for a routine surgery and they hand you this consent form and they go please sign the consent consent form like me like most people listening who are not doctors are going oh yes mm-hmm, ah, hand, like we're looking at this form like we know what these words mean we have no idea what these like what these medical terms like actually mean and even better yet what they mean long term mm-hmm. and so like it's a debate about whether or not we can actually give medical consent because when we're signing it, we don't actually understand what we're signing. But like take, taking it to the other level, like mm-hmm. we are, we are, um, we we very much are aware of the fact that we're not doctors and that psychopharmacology is not our specialty. But it would be ignorant for us to say that we have no experience with people trying medication. Yes, and yes. and I think. The scariest thing about medication is nobody really talks about it uh, when it's not hyperbolic. You either have somebody talking about medication like, this saved my life, or you have someone saying, this ruined my life. I was fine, and then I tried this thing, and it went down the tubes. Like Most people that find a really effective intervention or really effective medication, they don't start talking about it everywhere. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) They just kind of like take the win and and go like, I feel better, and then they talk about it with their therapist. Sure, exactly. Like they talk about it, let's say with us, if they're our client or, or it's like maybe to your close friends or the people you talk about. I think that's like, you're also hitting on this other thing, which is that I think if you think about the rate at which like meds that impact 
your your brain, like your psychology, like right. So when we say psychopharmacology, we literally mean meds, like the study of like medicine used to alter brain states <laughs> and, and brain function. Um, like what, like how to put it, we. I, I've heard more conversations about like blood pressure meds or like cholesterol meds or even like, you know, folks who aren't insulin, like, like there's not to say it's like, so, you know, like I think our world is still such an ableist one. I don't think that we're at a place where like everyone's talking about all of this, but I do think people carry like shame, stigma, myths, misperceptions around drugs used that are things like antidepressants, antipsychotics, um, mm-hmm. even anti-seizure medication. Like pick mm-hmm. whatever it might be. <laughs> um, stimulants in the in the case of you know ADHD. Like I think people carry like like kind of like they they get the like pop psych version of that, and then they're not like I don't know. Too many of us don't really have conversations that have a lot of information in them too about mm-hmm. these medications. So it's like, we're all like, I kind of think about it. Like, I don't know, we're all kind of like, like poking around going like, does that happen to you? I guess. I don't know. Well, what did the packet say? Oh, you open up your prescription packet. Oh, I guess this happens. Okay. Uh, doctor. And then if you happen to have a great doctor or prescriber, great, but you might not. And then like, what happens? So anyway, rambly a- version of, I agree with you, David. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I think I think like the the concept and talk around medications and like what they what they really mean institutes a bit of a dilemma if we're going to start talking about like the, the, our role as therapists and ADHD medication. Mm-hmm. And I just want to kind of throw out like a like a strange curveball to start, but like ADHD is a medical condition that can mm-hmm. have psychiatric consequences, but this is something that is like MD level not psychiatrically level warranted all the time. In very complex cases, please get a psychiatrist involved. But people often don't feel warranted or feel like they can go to their regular doctor and ask them about ADHD medication. And mm-hmm. I want to like start by just saying, like, let's start maybe taking pieces away from this ivory tower or what it might look like an ivory tower of access mm-hmm. to say you can get ADHD medica- medication from a lot of places. And before I even continue... Neither you, Isabel, or me, David, receive any money from any pharmaceutical companies or <laughs> exactly. subsidiaries or like we secondary have, parties. We have I can't no... even think of like what I could say to like get rid of any conspiratorial view of like why I could be promoting or not promoting a medication. Totally. We have we have no skin in the game at, at all with any of this. And so then maybe I want to say this too, like not every person with ADHD needs medication. And so this isn't even like if you have ADHD, you should get medication. Like I don't even want to draw that kind of parallel. No, and it's not a yeah. deficit if you have to take medication. Mm-hmm. It just is a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the dilemma that I get into as a therapist is often I'm hired by my clients to work them off of medication. Mm-hmm. Like antidepressant medication. Can I lower my dose? Can I lower my anti-anxiety medication dose? Can I wean off? Because I think we all have these thoughts around dependency and not wanting to depend on medications and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. The strange thing about medication is how differently we see medication in, in, in like versus any other kind of accommodation we take for our bodies, right? Like yeah. my eyeglasses, right? Like I'm not trying to work a program to like get rid of my prescription. I mean, I could get LASIK, right? But like I'm not. I'm just accepting that I'm wearing glasses because they're super effective. And 
in the oh, same vein. This sorry, is David. I just had like a chill. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. They're super ya. effective. I don't need it. Mm-hmm. I just need to make them more important. Like, oh, my prescription's waiting. I'll get them fixed up. Right. But as a therapist, we don't sit around and casually talk about how effective ADHD medication is for people that want to take oh. it who have ADHD. And yeah. it's almost like a myth that like you have to be a researcher to find out. And I, I think Isabel, this is where I do you, like I don't have the number exactly in my head right now, and I don't want to like misquote it. But like, do you do you also remember that number? Like it's something like 90, 90 something percent, ninety five percent, ninety 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 something percent of the time ADHD medication works. It 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 like it it is so much more effective than most other medications for anything having to do with psychological phenomenon. It is so much more effective because it's a medical condition. And okay, so I just, just for everybody, instead of doing an insert, I've literally real time as we're talking, Googled (laughs) um, and found from the Cleveland Clinic, again, not a sponsor or anything like that, but definitely, you know, to my knowledge, along with Mayo Clinic and other places like a reputable source um, on their website, um, ADHD medications, stimulants in particular, improve ADHD symptoms in about 70% of adults and 70 to 80% of children shortly after starting treatment. So yeah, that's a really high rate. If you Those are high numbers. think about like the average, let me just Google while I'm here, how effective are, let's say, yeah, I think, I think antidepressants are still among the most prescribed meds. And so, for example, if we go to, let's go to the National Health Service in England. Okay. So the Royal College of Psychiatrists estimates that 50 to 65% of people treated with antidepression, antidepressant for depression will see improvement compared to 25 to 30% of those who are taking a placebo pill who also see improvement for depression. So let's sit with that for a second. Antidepressants, which a lot of folks, I think, carry a, carry a very different, um, I think, set of myths and stigma and, and ways they're talked about versus the stimulant medications, um, have like, a, like, let's say, a 50 to 65% chance of working. But also, if you took a sugar pill, like a fake pill, essentially, that someone told you was going to work like an antidepressant, that on its own would work 30% of the time. Whereas with ADHD meds, we're talking 70% for adults, 80, 70 to 80 for kids. It's, it's Sorry, high. I have like this face. I know you can't see it because it's a podcast. I'm making this face, everybody. That's like a very like, I hope you all know that that's actually like, those are good. I mean, not to say they're always right, right? But they're like, those are some good odds. Those are some good it, it, odds. It, It'd be like someone telling you like up. one in three people or... I, I'm not good at math. I'll let you do that part. <laughs> I, the numbers that you're bringing up and the percentages actually like under, they don't act accurately talk about how effective these medications can be. Mm-hmm. So this is not that everyone should be taking the medications, yes. but it's about how effective they are for people mm-hmm. and how many times people with like anxiety or depression might have to try something else before they find something that works. Yeah, There's a same, there's a, like a very similar journey that I think a lot of folks with ADHD find. Mm-hmm. And I think the tricky, like one of the, tricky parts about ADHD medication is it can help you mm-hmm. and not be the right medication for you. Ooh. And and that becomes yeah. a really strange thing to sit with if you're the person with ADHD. 
Yeah. So can we back up actually, given what you just said, can we just back up and we've talked, we've used a lot of terms like stimulant medications and I just want to back up and go, David, like what are medications for ADHD? What are, what are, let's say stimulant medications. So, okay. (laughs) Just back up and start there and then walk back to where we were. Well, let's even connect this to the all about ADHD stuff, like the parts of our podcast, right? Like individuals with ADHD require more stimulation to do boring or uh, non-interesting or low stimulating tasks, low novelty tasks, right? Mm -hmm. And so they'll self-stimulate with their own emotions. They'll self-medicate with their own emotions, either using anger, excitement, Mm -hmm. anxiety, fear, or arousal, right? Like all of those make your heart beat faster. All of those make your nervous systems move faster. All of those would be considered stimulants, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like and, you you are literally stimulating your body to like rev it up, to essentially stress yourself out. The best, yeah, the best <laughs> yeah. example I could actually, I'll put myself on blast, right? Like one of the things that I really didn't like, I've gotten better at this, but one of the things I really didn't like was pairing socks. Like I didn't like like sorting through the sock pile and like it, it would, it would, I would get the stupid socks and I would, I would like mutter while I was doing it, like alone, not in front of other people, but like I would be angry pairing socks. And then all of a sudden, I, like, you know, I started studying ADHD, trying to become a therapist. I started playing with that thing over the last 20 years. And now I've turned it into this thing where like I try to pair all the socks before a song ends or mm. before my partner gets out of the bathroom or before, like I try to like do it as, as fast as I can. But now I'm using excitement as a stimulant as opposed to anger as the stimulant. Both were medicating me through the sock pairing experience. And so for people who find anger or anxiety, shutting them down in life with ADHD in moments where they're snapping at people, ruining relationships, having a hard time at at work, not just about focus, right? It's around the emotional consequences that can come with ADHD. Yeah. When those things, you know, get in your way, I start saying you might want to think about ADHD medication. And there's there's two real like intense forms of ADHD medication, or not intense, but there's the stimulant medication and then there's like the non-stimulant form medication for ADHD. Mm-hmm. The non-stimulant form of medication, it's kind of best thought of as like a, a small chemical restraint. Like I don't mean that in like a scary, <laughs> terrible way. Like think about like a, a like a heavy blanket that you're wearing. Like this is like Stratera. This is like these other medications that will slow down your your blood pressure. They'll remove or lessen the um, hyperactivity. They'll slow down the impulsive uh, thinking or jumping to conclusions or jumping to action that slows a person down. It literally. For some people, oh, sorry. Is it literally like a lead vest? Like, is it literally like I'm just going to slow myself down, which I know we talk about too, <laughs> but like it literally, it just, it, it slows it all down and therefore you might see a difference in your impulsivity in your related like emotional yep. states connected to mm-hmm. that. Is that right? This, yes. And, okay. and cause a lot of pe- a lot of folks will, will think like you're moving too fast. We need to slow you down. Yeah. Right. And so that that's where the thought came from for Sertera. And I've seen it be really effective for individuals where like anxiety is more of the dysregulating factor as opposed to the ADHD factor Mm -hmm. because it can slow, you know, it can slow things down. It can work like any other anti-anxiety intervention does. Um, Mm -hmm. The stimulant forms of medication, there's like a couple different branches of what those are. Mm -hmm. Those all work to stimulate your nervous system so you don't need to experience an emotional um, condition. So you don't have to get angry to be interested. You don't have to be nervous Mm. to be focused. You could just be stimulated. (laughs) 
right? (laughs) I didn't, I don't think I realized what that was like. Like for me in high school, I never got any medication. I was not someone that was medicated early. Mm -hmm. I ended up getting it when I was in in, uh, undergrad or in college, like I've talked about before. And Mm -hmm. the before and after moment of me having medication it was like the before moment was like, oh, someday I'll read that book. And then like after I took the medication, I was like, oh, my God, I could just actually read the book right now. I'm going to read the book right now. It was just like a difference immediately. And and the really strange thing for me, and I, this is why I'm such an advocate for people finding whatever way works for them, medication or not. Mm-hmm. Medication is a serious accommodation that worked for me. Mm-hmm. It was the difference between me having straight A's and not having straight A's. And I mean, like I was a D student in high school, worked my way up to a pretty strong C average mm-hmm. and was like, like getting that same C average in the very beginning of college. And then all of a sudden I realized that I needed ADHD medication. I started taking it and then I, nothing but straight A's. Wow. So, okay. So like, as I hear this, okay. And I'm, I'm thinking around like, even one of our first conversations when it came to like talking about like anything to do with ADHD and ADHD, like medications, I think I remember asking something to the effect of like, okay, but like, I know people also abuse stimulant meds. Like I'm thinking the Adderall, I'm thinking the Ritalin, at least, you know, that's like my both like professional and also like just human knowledge, like of witnessing Mm -hmm. and hearing and, you know, oh, I have like so much to study for, like, right. Can I have some of your Adderall or whatever it is? And I think I remember you saying something to the effect of like, like, which really syncs up with what you just said, which is that it shifted, like it creates a remarkable change in how you can perform on certain tasks that your like that you without that type of accommodation, like you'd be hard pressed, it sounds like to find something that would like, like do the same for you that you could, you know, kind of like ingest every day or like have at your, I would, I, I had never experienced being able to read without, like I'd never, the closest I'd ever gotten to the amount of focus I had with medication was one night when I was crying because I believed I was going to be homeless because I was never going to finish this like middle school research paper, you know, and like made <laughs> oh, myself so read like a book, like, because I, I, I had made like, if I could finish this book, I won't be homeless. And like, I read so well that night, you know, Yeah. aside from that, I don't, I didn't read, you know, <laughs> I did when I was really little, but I stopped reading. And I think like there were consequences around like forgetting and not really doing homework and not being able to work in your home. But in terms of the abuse that you're talking about, I want to really mm-hmm. validate that. Like pe- people can abuse abuse almost any substance, right? Like yes, people abuse totally. food. Mm-hmm. The the part about ADHD medication is it's super important, I, in my opinion, for that to be prescribed with therapy, yeah. so that a person starts to learn what the medication works for, what it doesn't work for. Yeah. Because the medication isn't something you can take that just fixes your life. You can take the medication and then you can change your behavior to fix your life. There's a Mm -hmm. subtle difference there, right? It's not like this magic pill. And one of the coolest things about ADHD medication is like, um, I heard one person say like, oh my God, it's speed. It makes anybody do like a lot of work. And I kind of laughed because the actual research shows it changes to give people with ADHD a more accurate appraisal of their work. And for people who don't have ADHD, it gives them an increased appraisal of their work. So they're doing the same work. They just believe it's more perfect than it ever was before. 
and it isn't. It's just what they could have done before. Whereas the ADHD person isn't beating themselves up the whole time. They're not getting in their own way. They're able to finish and have some self-esteem on the project. The medication, like when it works, it works towards accuracy. And when it doesn't work, it pushes towards like hyperbolic, like this is the best, you know, cookie I've ever made in the world. And it's like, it might be. (laughs) (laughs) No. But it tastes like your really good cookie you made last week. Yeah. Neurotypical person. person. Well, you know, I mean, and and I'm thinking of like, I mean, like one too many comedy sketches, but like literally what I'm picturing is like the difference between like someone running around. And I think this was probably, I mean, this is, this is me dating myself, but I'm thinking of uh, Jesse Spano, I believe, on um, oh, Saved by yes. the Bell when she abused yes. the caffeine pills. And I'm so excited. I'm so scared. You know, like, oh, I don't mean to mock her, but like, we all know this moment. I hope if you don't, we'll put it in the show notes. You gotta, oh, you gotta yeah. check it out. Did- um, also, there's an amazing, uh, there's an amazing clip show that's a rewatch of Saved by the Bell, except it's called Zach Morris's Trash. And it's the funniest thing ever because like you see like Zach Morris is called out for all the ridiculous things that that character did. Um, it's a, anyway. It's a, yeah. I mean, that entire show is, is, is Oh, it's got smooth. an unfortunate, it's an unfortunate narrative of toxic masculinity in America. And, and we all have to live with both our enjoyment of it and our current shame of our enjoyment of it. Of course. <laughs> but, but Zach Morris is trash within two minutes. You'll rewatch an episode and also laugh hysterically at your own, you know, ridiculous. Anyway. Uh, you know, I want to take the Spano, I want to speak to the Spano Highway back to caffeine for a second because there's something, there's something that we can actually link that with ADHD stuff. Yeah, Spano Highway. We're, we're getting off, right? And yeah. so the, the part, of, part of that is like, like caffeine can be a helpful aid for a lot of folks with ADHD. Mm-hmm. And there's an interesting thing about caffeine. Caffeine has a very different impact on your body if you have it every once in a while versus if you have it daily. It's very, very different. And so, like, this is me actually, go get an addiction to caffeine. This is essentially, like, we'll title the story. You know, like, wow, I got addicted to caffeine because of what David said on a podcast. But <laughs> the reality the reality of this is um, caffeine increases blood pressure when you, if you drink it, right? But if you drink it regularly, it can be a vasodilator. It can actually not increase your blood pressure. It can be part of a healthy you know, circulatory system. And it can help you with dopamine and serotonin and actually has some pretty healthy imp- like impacts to the body. I mean, I'm sure just like yolks for eggs, there's a whole lot of negative stuff with caffeine that I'm not talking about. And I'm not trying to like sell caffeine as, as a medical intervention. But for folks with ADHD who gravitate towards having lots of coffee, like there's science to back up why that's actually work, like walking towards health. And why you might need to like not think about that as a horrible addiction, and why things maybe felt horrible when you quit coffee. That, oh. And and if you do quit coffee and decide to have a coffee every once in a while, why every once in a while a random coffee feels so much worse than it did before? <laughs> yes. And yes. then the next level is why almost every client that I know that does try medication usually has to quickly reevaluate their coffee intake. Gotcha. Yes, because there's like essentially, if you are also taking a stimulant med of you know you, and then you double up with the caffeine, like you're 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 like you're doubling Jesse Spano. Up. You're, you're Jesse Spano. A horrible, yeah, you're having a horrible day, feeling anxious and scared. But yeah. it, but it's really about like it's not that you can't have coffee, but like 
mm-hmm. working with another person and being kind of transparent about when it felt good and when it didn't work to know when coffee is best for you or when you want to have your medication. Thank you so much for listening. If you ever have that thought where you think, hey, I'm nothing, stop. Remember, you're something. Something's shiny. That's right. Just as you are. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more free episodes of this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on Instagram as Something Shiny Podcast. And if you're looking for more information, useful links, definitions, visuals, everything we can think of, and more is on our website at somethingshinypodcast.com. And it's all free. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks.